0: Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand
1: for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com.
2: A new season of Bridgerton is here.
0: Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today.
3: Listen to Rappaport's Reality
1: with me, Kibi Rappaport. And
0: me, Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to Food Stuff. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vokelbaum,
0: and today we're talking about pepperoni.
1: Yes, we are. Do you have any opinions, thoughts about pepperoni,
0: Lauren? Um, it gets a little bit greasy for me sometimes, but, uh, I mean, it's delicious. It's made of, like, salt and fat. Yeah. And savory flavors. And, oh, I mean, what can, what can go wrong other than a number of things with your health?
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have a friend, and pepperoni is, like, her favorite food. If you see, like, oh, wow. someone eating almonds out of a bag she'll be eating pepperoni out of a bag okay she seems relatively healthy
0: sure well i mean you know in all things a balance in all things a balance she eats some vegetables other than that then she's probably doing just fine i have not
1: personally witnessed it but i assume (laughs) that she eats other vegetables (laughs) she's one of my best friends too and now that i think about it
4: i really don't
1: see her eat too many vegetables Well, I'll talk to her after the show. But we want (laughs) to thank um, 11-year-old Allison for handwriting us a letter. Yes. And requesting that we talk about pepperoni rolls, which we will be talking about as part of this pepperoni discussion. Absolutely. And, And pepperoni pizza day is coming up on September 20th. This hardly ever happens. Recording the day is usually like
0: oh, yeah, it's usually in the middle months. of the year, or some
1: other time, right? <laughs> yes, and September 20th is my mom's birthday, and oh. it's also close to super producer Dylan's birthday.
0: There you go, so
1: happy birthday to both of them. <laughs> and <laughs> I want to include this quote from um, the Pepero- Pepperoni Pizza Day website, it does have a website. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Pizza is consumed at every point in the day, piping hot for dinner and lunch and cold in the morning. Some people even profess that pizza tastes far better cold than it does hot from the oven, though we think that's largely dependent on the type of pizza. Oh, and for those of you who are engaged in that whole pineapple versus no pineapple debate, we're here to weigh in on that pineapple is a fine pizza topping. You're allowed to disagree, of course. We've never been in the business of stopping people from going about the business of being wrong. <laughs> we know that eventually you'll come around, but in the meantime we can agree on pepperoni pizza being the best of pizzas. Oh.
0: I would disagree. Oh, really? Contention. Contention. Lauren has opinions again. <laughs> surprise.
1: Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's a song called Thanks for the Pepperoni by George Harrison. Um it had no words in it, though. At least oh. the version I heard, and I was kind of like... Huh. I'm not getting a pepperoni vibe, but perhaps I missed.
0: I am unfamiliar with it. Um, maybe maybe sometime we can call in our compatriot uh, Christopher, uh, Christopher Hasiotis to come do another, another side dish segment with us and talk to us about it.
1: We absolutely should. But in the meantime, we must answer this question.
0: The very important question.
1: Pepperoni. What is it?
0: Well, pepperoni is a type of dry sausage made typically from a blend of ground pork and beef, plus a number of spices, plus some preserving agents. Um, all pork, all beef, or a blend of poultry, even, are what? also common. I know. <gasps> <laughs> Most of the flavor of pepperoni comes from these spices that are used, usually yeah, paprika, which is dried ground sweet peppers, plus other spicier uh, capsicum anum peppers like cayenne, plus some other stuff like uh, black pepper, garlic, fennel or anise seed, and mustard seed. It's usually served, if you've never seen pepperoni, in like thin to medium slices. And the texture is sort of chewy, but also sort of soft. And the flavor is savory and salty and a little sweet, spicy, smoky, tangy herbal.
1: Lots of things going on in pepperoni. It does. It I does. don't think I've ever appreciated it fully.
0: <laughs> I certainly appreciated it while I was doing this research and also got very hungry. <laughs> this was an extremely hungry research week. Yes. Yes. Um, Sausage, in general, has been around for a long dang time. Um, It can be cooked and eaten fresh, of course, or or it can be cured, that is preserved in some way so that, you know, microbes don't get a chance to eat it before you do. Um, Pepperoni, specifically, is air-dried and uh, treated with a number of preservatives to reduce the water content and thus prevent microbe growth. But it's also usually fermented with friendly bacteria that acidify it just enough to prevent unfriendly bacteria from growing. And that's right. Part of what makes pepperoni so great is bacteria poo.
1: It cannot be.
0: <laughs> Simply uh, cannot. I feel I'm starting to feel like Pee-wee Herman or maybe Oprah. <laughs>
1: I just imagine, like, an epic reverb on it every time you do it, <laughs> and then it's, like, light speed effect is happening, Ooh. hyperspace. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'm picturing, like, glitter and balloons and, like, loud horns. I don't know, but anyway, I like both of these versions. So, <laughs> okay, but before you get to the bacteria poop, uh, first you need to form up your sausage. So... Meats are ground in the right proportion of fats to, you know, actual meat, and then blended with spices, uh, some dehydrating preservatives like a salt, nitrites, and or celery juice, um, and a lactic acid bacterial culture, plus some sugars to feed the bacteria. Lactic acid bacteria, you may remember, are the same things that make cheese and yogurt possible. And Those delicious, things. delicious, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, this mix is piped into sausage casing, twisting it into links as it goes. The casing could be edible, and uh, then it'll be either natural, that is made from the lining of an animal's small intestine, or artificial, which. Doesn't mean it's made of, like, plastic. It's usually made of a processed animal collagen from, like, skins or bones of other animals. Or it could be inedible casings, which might be made from uh, cellulose, uh, that's plant fibers, or from plastic. And either way will probably be removed before the pepperoni is packaged for sale. Yes. That's how the sausage is made. Okay. So once you've got these, these links of pepperoni sausage, you let them ferment for two to three days, letting, letting the bacteria go to work eating those sugars and excreting lactic acid, which drops the pH level below where most other microbes want to grow. It also adds a little bit of flavor. As a less flavorful shortcut, citric acid might be added instead of allowing for that bacterial fermentation. Hmm. Yeah. Sometimes the links are smoked after this, and sometimes they're heat-treated for, like, ultimate safety— Um, But either way, they are finished by air drying in a room with careful temperature and humidity control for anywhere from a couple of days to a couple of weeks until the pepperoni has lost 60 to 80 percent of its original weight due to moisture loss. Ooh. Yeah. Before these links are sliced or if they're kept in a factory sealed package, this processing allows pepperoni to be kept at room temperature for about six months. Huh. Okay. Um, and the bright red color can come either from the uh, preservative nitrates used in making it, uh, which is the same reason why Spam and corned beef are pink, and or from those red peppers that it contains.
1: Yeah. And I read a lot of, I read a lot of very uh, passionate essays about pepperoni pizza and pepperoni in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that the color is important.
0: Yeah, yeah, and even the color of the of the oil of like the grease that yeah. comes off of the pepperoni. Like people are like, if it's not bright orange, I don't care about it. I don't want it. <laughs>
1: that is not my pepperoni pizza. It is a bright, con- contrasty color with the the cheese. the cheese. Oh yeah, yeah. But we should talk about some uh, some nutrition, uh, maybe.
0: I mean, come on, like like you know, you know that pepperoni isn't a health food.
1: Well, my friend, I gotta <laughs> talk to her about it. I'm not sure now.
0: <laughs> and I know, and I guess I guess you can count like the mental health obtained from eating pizza. That's real.
1: Oh, I know. i I went through the throes of like the most <laughs> stereotypical breakup like a year and a half ago,
0: and I know all <laughs> about it. <laughs> <laughs> pizza pizza is a mental health food it's true. Um of, of, of course the exact nutritional value of any given piece of pepperoni is going to vary based on exactly what it's made of but but the calories generally come about 80% from fat and 20% from fro- from protein and then there's like a wee smattering of minerals and vitamins in there um and the fats in it are a blend of good fats and bad fats like it could be worse for you. Um that that protein and fat can make it a, a filling snack or like a, a decent ingredient in small amounts, like less than an ounce. Um, but it, it should probably be considered a treat.
1: Oh, man, this conversation's not going to go well, my friend.
0: Uh, sorry. <laughs> it's
1: all right. She needs to hear the truth.
0: She does. She does. And, you know, and everybody is different.
1: It's true. She's probably going to throw pepperoni at my face. <laughs> but joke's on her because I'll eat Cause it. Because then you'll
0: just eat it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Too bad. <laughs> And um, if we're looking at pepperoni numbers, it is hard to separate pepperoni from its soulmate and holy matrimony, <laughs> pizza. Uh-huh. Pepperoni is the most popular pizza topping of choice in the U.S. That probably surprises no one. Uh-huh. It's the de facto topping. I believe at Little Caesars, it's the, like, default option when you just say pizza, pepperoni pizza.
0: Oh, wow, huh. Yeah,
1: and over one-third of pizzas ordered in the U.S. will have pepperoni on top per year. For some people, plain pizza is pepperoni pizza. It's the pizza emoji. (laughs) Although I think that has more to do with color. Oh, yeah. But still. But still. But still. However, in recent years, as more and more artisanal pizza places have opened, those fancier pizza places probably won't have pepperoni as an option. I've been keeping an eye on this since we've done the research. Yeah? And I have noticed, yeah, pepperoni is not as common.
0: Do they have, like, salami or something equivalent? Or is it just, like, just just eat sausage like a normal person? <laughs>
1: <laughs> kind of. There is one, like, is it
0: Soprasetta? Is that how you say that? Oh, yeah, sure. There's, I think, or Soprasetta, sure. Yeah, there's
1: one, like, thinly sliced, okay. not salami, but similar yeah. meat. But,
0: like, a nice spicy sausage product. I see that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well. But not pepperoni. Well. <laughs> you might find broccoli, Brussels sprouts, but No. They draw the line somewhere. (laughs) Um, And you won't find pepperoni in too many restaurant kitchens either. And this is sort of a thing. Pepperoni is very much looked down on by a lot of folks. Michael Rollman, who has written a book on charcuterie and salami in specific, said of pepperoni, bread, cheese, and salami is a good idea. But America has a way of taking a good idea, mass-producing it to the point of profound mediocrity, (laughs) and losing our sense of where the idea comes from. Ooh, harsh words. And speaking of harsh words, there's a rant over at the So Good blog titled, No, I Don't Want to Order Pepperoni Pizza, Do I Look Like I'm 12 Years Old? Which was later (laughs) reblogged on Slice as part of an article called, Why Pepperoni Pizza Sucks. And uh, I wanted to include a quote. Pepperoni, while okay, is simply not good enough to have earned its place as the default pizza order of choice on merit alone. Hell no. I believe it has earned that place through process of elimination, unadventurous American taste buds, and dumb luck. It's cheap, it's meaty, it's salty, and it adds additional flavor to an otherwise bland pizza. But you know what? So does sausage. But sausage just doesn't look good in photos like pepperoni does, so pizza places don't advertise the sh*t out of it. With your help, we can knock pepperoni pizza from its undeserved throne as the go-to pizza option after cheese. Yes, with your willingness to speak out and a little elbow grease, <laughs> we can end the tyranny of pepperoni pizza and return it to its rightful place, off the default pizza pedestal and back onto the list of general topping choices with everyone else, which frankly, is where it belongs. Pepperoni pizza is not special. It is not above criticism, and it is not deserving of protected status. Ooh. It goes on. <laughs> it goes on and on. I was a little a little like, taken aback. <laughs> oh, I can keep scrolling. You're like, down. oh, and there's oh they're not done yet. Dear me. I mean people have opinions, as we've said on the show. Absolutely. But some chefs, um big on the head to tail whole animal movement, are crafting Fancy pepperoni that uses a lot of celery juice in place of nitrates, for example, which does mean it loses its bright red-orange hue and the bright grease that results that we were talking about. Um, Some are trying to bring that chewy, smoky, hot pepperoni into this artisanal pizza movement. In one restaurant in New York City— Teresi Italian Specialties has several upscale takes on pepperoni, like pepperoni snow, and they use the same method to make that I use for butter and pie crust, which is to freeze it and then shave it with, like, a grater. Yeah. Um, Pepperoni vinaigrette and a pepperoni potato salad. That sounded amazing, and I want it right now. Oh. If, you know, they want to send it to me.
0: Yeah, if anyone wants to ship us. (laughs) Mm. Ship carefully, friends. (laughs) Ship carefully. Don't poison us, please.
1: (laughs) Hormel is the best-selling brand of pepperoni. The company sold 40 million feet of pepperoni, enough to tunnel through this very planet that we live on, leading up to the 2011 Super Bowl. Oh. Just leading up to the Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. For the Domino's fact of the episode, and Domino's, you should really get in touch. Apparently. The executive vice president of Opera- operations estimates that 50% of pizzas ordered from Domino's are pepperoni. And that's compared to about 35 years ago when the number was about 30%. Oh, wow. Which equates to an annual 29 million pounds of pepperoni.
0: Woo. Heck.
1: Yeah. Serious Eats ran an article a few years back calling Soprasetta uh, the new pepperoni. But pepperoni has had some serious staying power, and I don't think it's going anywhere.
0: Me neither. So. So. uh, If it's not going anywhere, where has it been? (gasps) Let's find out. But first, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy
1: Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit pronamel.com.
2: A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the tonne.
0: And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So uh, fermented dried sausages have been around in multiple c- cultures for multiple thousands of years. Yeah. We talked about it a little bit in our hot dog episode. A tiny bit. Um, the, the fermented kind are sort of in a separate category, and we'll have to get more into that at another date and time. But but pepperoni, pepperoni not so much. Pepperoni is very new.
1: Yeah, and it is a true blue American invention, um, and not Italian as a lot of us might think, although certainly Italian immigrants to the United States played a role. So not Italian, but Italian-American. Right. Um, in Italian, the word pepperoni, although spelled spelled with one P instead of two, refers to big peppers like bell peppers. Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't a salami called pepperoni. There are some that are similar to pepperoni, but they aren't called pepperoni.
0: Uh, and like I said earlier, pepperoni does usually contain dried ground sweet peppers like bell peppers. So maybe like a little bit of linguistic confusion over whether the Italian term pepperoni referred to the peppers or the sausage made with the peppers created the American term pepperoni, uh, meaning just the sausage. I don't know. No one knows. <laughs> no one knows. Mysteries of sausage history. Yep. But the first written
1: instance of pepperoni didn't occur until 1919, around the time when Italian-American pizzerias and butcheries started popping up in the U.S., which is also when soldiers were coming back home after the end, after the end of the First World War. Or possibly in 1894 is when it first appeared in written, written language, uh, when the U.S. government's yearbook of agriculture mentioned a dry sausage that might have been pepperoni. Again, mysteries of sausage history. (laughs) As we mentioned in our delivery episode, pizza, although a little different than what we think of now, came over to the United States with Italian immigrants. And it was seen as an Italian food and looked down upon because of that until the 1950s. And part of that had to do with soldiers returning from Europe after World War II this time. And part of it had to do with the availability of the gas-powered pizza oven. And part of it had to do with the media being like hey, have you heard of this pizza thing? (laughs) One of my favorite examples of this is um, the New York Times lamented in 1947 that pizza could, quote, be as popular a snack as the hamburger if Americans only knew more about it. Oh, man, I hope he lived to see the day.
0: Oh, me too.
1: Now... Pepperoni was something that Italian-Americans used to approximate what they would use in Italy, but with ingredients easier and cheaper to access in the United States. So in Italy, where you would use oregano, Italian-Americans used basil. Salami, which might be more common uh, but was more expensive and time-intensive to make, was not practical for pizza. It was also seen as sort of a waste of salami. So instead, enter pepperoni, Fast, easy, and cheap. At the time, pepperoni only needed to be hung in the curing process for a week, maybe three, but salami might take months. And before pepperoni, folks might use um, might top pizza with bacon or sausage.
0: Still fine choices, according to me.
1: Me as well, me as well. Uh, one of the first known photos of pepperoni pizza dates back to 1950 at a restaurant called The Spot in Connecticut. Pepperoni was available as something you might find on a charcuterie plate before that, but um, not so much a topping. I find that kind of kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> and that brings us to the opening of one Pizza Hut. In Kansas in 1958, and Domino's in Michigan in 1960.
0: Oh, Yeah, the, the, the beginnings of, of Domino's and Pizza Hut were then. It would take about a decade for each business to really start to franchise out and another few years to become pizza empires with, with factories providing basically the same ingredients to thousands of stores by the mid-70s to early 80s
1: which means they needed toppings that could be easily mass-produced. And this was right when pepperoni's popularity was on the upswing. It was salty, provided a nice contrasty color, and had a nice long shelf life, traveled well, and was cheap. Key. As chain pizza became more popular, so did pepperoni pizza, since that was the topping of choice. By the early 80s, the Ezzo Sausage Company out of Columbus, Ohio, became the first to sell pre-sliced pepperoni for pizza. They used to supply for the chains until the chains became way too big and pushed the prices down. So they don't do that anymore. And Ezzo's has been asked for a vegan pepperoni because it is such a key piece of pizza. Customers have asked the company to come up with a vegan a vegan approximation.
0: there are also a lot of recipes for making your own vegan pepperoni on the internet. should you want to do so?
1: Yeah. in New York, one of our pizza hotspots in America, the health department made uh, sussing out illegally made cured meats one of their goals in two thousand and seven. You had to have an uh, a permit to air cure your own meat, so they were they were going around trying to find people who were not who didn't have the permit. Like,
0: hey, hey. No. Stop that sausage making. Exactly. Stop it right now.
1: (laughs) And from what I can tell, New York is definitely leading the charge on fancifying pepperoni or making it more true to its Italian roots. One pizza place that I got to eat at last time I was in New York, and I also got in a fight with a cabbie with a bunch of our coworkers (laughs) around, is called Ruby Rosa. Um, And it came up in the discussion a lot of this kind of making your own pepperoni. And they would slice their nickel-sized pepperoni daily, but they switched to Hormel because when people order pepperoni pizza, there's particular taste and texture they have in mind. And it wasn't that. Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? That comes up a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, but what about the pepperoni roll.
1: Well, okay, I want to try one of these so badly. You've um, never
0: had a pepperoni no. roll? No.
1: <gasps> I didn't oh, even know it was no. a thing. Oh, my And now, yeah. Goodness,
0: you are so from the South. Okay, all right. we can yes. We can make this happen.
1: Okay, well, if you're like me and you don't know what this is, uh, it is a delicious-sounding <laughs> state food of uh, West Virginia. Essentially, this is pepperoni wrapped in bread dough, and the dough is a soft, yeasty roll made with white flour. As the roll bakes, the fat from the pepperoni sort of infuses into the bread. Oh, yeah. Mm. The widely accepted inventor, Joseph Argero, um, immigrated to West Virginia from Italy in 1920 to work in the coal mines. Some sources attribute attribute the invention to his wife, or at the, at the very least, a coal miner's wife. Or maybe Tomorrow's Bakery, the oldest Italian bakery in West Virginia. I have to mention it because it sounds like it can cause fights to the death in the state. <laughs> I don't want anyone coming after me over this. Eventually, Arjaro um, saved enough money to pay for his wife and child to have passage to the United States. Quit coal mining, and they opened up a store, Country Club Bakery, in 1927. His time in the mines, observing the common lunch option among immigrants 30% of the immigrant population was Italian in West Virginia by 1910, by the way. Um, of basically, there, the go to option was bread. Pepperoni and a bucket of water, and this gave him the idea to combine pepperoni and bread in a more easily transportable and devoured roll that could be eaten at any temperature. Although I believe the preference these days is warm. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, it has been compared to a calzone or a British sausage roll, and I love those. So I'm, I'm Pretty sure this is going to be good for me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And the British sausage roll was also invented for minors. Different episode, but wanted to throw that (laughs) in there. Thus, sometime between 1927 to 1938, the pepperoni roll was born. He tested out a lot of different proportions of bread to meat using the local beer hall patrons as test subjects. Lucky them. All of this testing paid off literally, and it was pretty much an immediate success. Oh, and also, the Country Club Bakery, the one our Giro started, it remains open. They turn out up to 900 dozen a day. Oh, my goodness. And it's like a popular football tailgating item. I can see it. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, absolutely.
1: One thing I found fascinating about this whole story is that the pepperoni roll is so hyper-regional That if it's a a food in your family, if you mentioned that uh, you and your grandfather enjoyed them together or something, it would give a genealogist a decent idea about a piece of your family's ancestry. Oh, wow. From Ancestral Findings, quote, Knowing the history of the food and that your ancestors likely ate it is something that helps you get to know your ancestors better as the people they were. Knowing they snacked on pepperoni rolls— gives you a glimpse into their everyday lives that is invaluable to genealogists. Wow. Fascinating. Uh, um, I also thought this was interesting. A restaurant in Clarksburg, West Virginia, called Mama's Country Kitchen, serves Italian-style foods. I, I, I find that very interesting. That's where, like, the whole ground zero of this was. But it just goes to show how many Italian immigrants, immigrants were, were there. Immigrants were right there, sure. Um, A headline at Munchie's called Pepperoni Rolls an Edible Part of West Virginia History. But, enter the U.S. government in
3: 1987.
0: Oh! Ba-ba-bum! Not into my pepperoni roll. Yes, they were coming for your pepperoni rolls. (laughs) The
1: Department of Agriculture wanted bakeries serving pepperoni rolls to be reclassified as the more strictly regulated meat processing plants. Oh, West Virginia Senator, one J. Rockefeller, intervened to stop this proposal. He said, had it been passed, quote, the pepperoni roll may have ceased to exist. That would be a tragedy. It has splintered into a couple of different preparations. Cheese and pepperoni roll, shredded versus ground pepperoni, single stick versus multiple sticks, sticks versus slices, cheese versus no cheese. You can get them all over from gas stations to fancy bakeries. Possibly the one in the gas station is from the fancy bakery. <laughs> they can vary largely in size. Um, there are claims that the pepperoni roll cannot be replicated outside of the region, much like bagels in New York because of the water. So, yeah, people got opinions.
0: They certainly do. I've, I've had some, like, I guess apocryphal uh, pepperoni <laughs> rolls from Pennsylvania, from the Pennsylvania area. Whoa. Even, even moving into Ohio, mm-hmm. this is probably... Very, very controversial. Probably. I, I didn't know I, <laughs> en- I enjoyed them. For once, I was not on the forefront of the controversy. <laughs> I just liked eating them. Excellent. <laughs> uh, we have another controversy for you about the curl of pepperoni. To curl or not to curl. But first, we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. And with new Pronamel Repair Mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair
2: anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season... Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.
3: Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends.
0: And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So, okay. Annie, when you're eating a slice of pepperoni pizza, mm-hmm. do you prefer for the for the pepperoni slices to lie flat or to kind of curl up? I like a curl. You like a curl? Uh, a slight, not too much of a curl, <laughs> but a slight curl. <laughs> like enough to get, like, the edge all crispy? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. yes, you... Y'all may have also noticed that some pepperoni slices on pizza curl up all like concave, like when they're cooked on top of on top of pizza. You know, the edges pop up, creating creating that shape sort of like a contact lens, um, which places those edges closer to the heat source and creates, yes, this uh, almost burnt, crisp, melty sort of ring around the edge of every pepperoni slice. And a little bit of liquid fat might pool in the center of those curved slices. Writing for serious Eats, one J. Kenji Lopez Alt calls this a grease chalice.
1: <laughs> <Ooh>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is after the uh, winning entry from a paiku contest. Oh, I love it. Uh, crisp pepperoni: edge curled from heat, a chalice of sweet, hot oil. Mmm that was submitted to the Paiku contest by one Mr. Sin in 2005. Very and
1: beautiful and moving, it, Mr. Sin. It is.
0: But other pepperoni slices lie flat and cook fairly evenly. Uh, may, maybe some slices are crisper than others based on like the heat distribution in the oven, but but that's it. What? The aforementioned Siri Seats writer went on a deep dive about why this happens. So deep. He ran a whole <laughs> bunch of experiments with different types of pepperoni. And what he determined is that whether your pepperoni curls or lies flat depends on a couple of science factors. Pepperoni science factors? Oh, yeah. Uh, the thickness of the slices is one of them. And how the pepperoni was stuffed into its sausage casing is the other. Really? Yeah. All huh. right. So, so the physics at work when your pepperoni curls up is that, is that once, once those pepperoni slices are in a hot oven, the top side of the pepperoni slice is, is going to get hotter faster than the bottom side that's actually touching the pizza. Uh, that's because the air in the oven touching the tops of the pepperoni is very hot, but the bottom side is insulated by the cheese, the sauce, and the dough beneath it. That means that the top cooks faster than the bottom does, meaning that water evaporates from it faster, meaning it shrinks faster. Okay, the edges, which receive the most heat of all, shrink the fastest, thus curling upward. You know, like sort of like like pin- pinching in, yeah, mm-hmm. um, up up towards the source of the heat, while the cooler center uh, stays stays put. The edges can also shrink faster than the center because uh, since pepperoni is dry aged, the edges will have had more moisture evaporate out of them to begin with. Um, but yeah, uh, once the the edges are away from that insulating pizza, they can crisp up, sort of like like bacon in that hot oven air. So, the thickness of the slice of pepperoni matters because if a slice is too thick, it takes longer for the heat to permeate even the edges and it'll more or less stay flat. And if the slices are too thin, they'll heat up pretty fast all the way through um, so that they won't have a chance to curl up. Medium cut slices have the right amount of temperature differential to cup the most. Oh, (laughs)
1: I'm so glad science exists to, to tell me this.
0: <laughs> Less important but still at work here is how the sausage was made to begin with. Because, okay, when when the ground meat is stuffed into the casing, it may either go in pretty smoothly and evenly or it may flow in unevenly and fill the casing in more of like a, like a U-shape than a straight line, um, that the edges of the casing fill more quickly than the center. Um, that might be because the, the meat is kind of sticking to the side of the casing as it hits or because you're using a pipe that's smaller in diameter than the casing and it's just a flow pattern thing that happens. But yeah, evenly versus U-shape. Also, as we discussed at the top of the show, uh, pepperoni can be made either with edible casing that, that's meant to be kept on um, or in inedible casing that will usually, usually be peeled off before the pepperoni leaves the factory. And when the ground meat is stuffed into the inedible casing, it, it can flow in more evenly and freely. The, the inedible casing uh, is less sticky and, like, stretches more than the edible kind. Hm. I see. Yeah. However, an uneven flow may have happened. Um, If you take a cross-section of the pepperoni with the edible casing, you will probably see a U-pattern in the meat, meaning that any given slice will be inclined to curl with that pattern, regardless of whether the casing, edible or non, is still attached. Man, I'm going to have to pay so much attention to
1: my pepperoni.
0: (laughs) I know. (laughs) It's a terrible burden.
1: Oh, geez. What am I going to (laughs) do? Now as the pizza will get cold, I'm just going to be like,
0: hold on. Oh, wait. Wait. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I need to study this.
0: <laughs> but like I said, this this matters less. If you are cooking your pepperoni in an oven or or even just in a pan where there's a large temperature differential, you know, in, in the oven, the top of the slices are so hot and in the pan, the they're to- touching the bottom of the hot pan um, – that those temperatures are going to override this smaller effect of how the sausage was packaged, and um, and the edges will curl toward the heat source. But if you cook it in the microwave, where the whole slice is going to be heating evenly all the way through, you can see the U pattern influence the curvature.
1: Oh man. <laughs> I am such a microwave exper- experimenter. I was the kid in fifth grade. Our teacher was like, these are all the weird things that you shouldn't do in a microwave. And I went home that night, and I blew the door off my microwave. It's was grounded for weeks.
0: Oh, wow. But
1: this seems like a much safer
0: experiment. This is a much safer one. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, safe safe for your health, maybe not. But safe for the microwave, yes. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Um and so yeah, yeah. There are pepperonis sold that, that are like guaranteed to lie flat. Um and they are they are made with care to ensure that there's no U-shape at the casing and also are sliced thin enough that that the whole slice will heat through at the same time. Hmm. So this is people have figured out how how to make pepperoni lie flat.
1: Should you so desire. Yeah. What's your preference, Lauren?
0: Oh. I, that grease chalice thing kind of freaks me out, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like the crispy edges, but but I kind of like dot the grease out of the out of the <laughs> cups, <laughs> right? Because it's just too much. It's like too much oil in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Also, my preference overall, yes, is uh, is for slices of meatball on top of pizza. Oh, rather than slices of pepperoni. I've never had that. Oh, it's so good. Huh. This is also a substitute. I shouldn't usually eat sausage because frequently it's made with stuff that I can't have, like a, like a lot of onion and garlic, and also some of that sweet pepper kind of stuff. Meatballs usually are not made with at least the sweet pepper part, so I'm more likely to be able to eat them. No, yeah. I'll we'll have to keep an eye out for that. Oh yeah, it happens in more places than 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 you would think, perhaps.
1: I think when I see meatball on a menu, I assume it's a huge meatball, which is a really <laughs> dumb thing to think. Now that now that I ponder it with with more <laughs> more than, like, half a second
0: of thought. I would also eat that, to be fair. I just really <laughs> like meatballs. I'm not sure. Like, I, I'm a very, um,
1: don't get me wrong, I will eat pretty much any food, but I do think a lot about, like, how difficult will this be to eat? And a meatball on pizza... Seems difficult, but if it's slices, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, a whole large meatball on a pizza would definitely require <laughs> some kind of like fork and possibly fork and knife situation. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a funny image. I do, I do. Or like you'd have to sort of like wrap it around, like wrap the slice around oh, sure. the meatball, and then it's a weird sandwich. And I don't know, yeah.
1: I, um, I also eat my pizza crust first. Oh, yeah, which people like. Every time someone sees me eat pizza, someone will ask me. R-
0: you pick it up and eat it crust first? Yeah. Really?
1: I don't know why. I've always done it that way. All right. <laughs> I think it's because the crust, I mean, usually is the least
0: exciting part for you. Yeah. So yeah. I get
1: it. I eat it. I get it out of the way. I eat it out of the <laughs> way. And then it's just. All uphill or downhill from there? I've never understood the meaning of that phrase. That is a different <laughs> episode entirely. A different show <laughs>
0: entirely. That etymology show that, that we've never managed to quite get off the ground. One day. One and day. And
1: I want to pitch that idea pretty early on because I just don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> well, that was our, our look at, at pepperoni. Yes. Which brings us to...
0: Listener mail.
1: Mhm. It was a pepperoni shape.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We also um, have the answers to the fictional food.
0: Oh yeah, we haven't given those to you yet. I forgot yeah. about
1: that recording times. It's strange. <laughs> it's probably been many weeks by now, <laughs> but we have them in this episode. So after listener mail, stay tuned, and you will you will hear them. Yes. Sarah wrote, My family has been decorating gingerbread houses for as long as I can remember. From my entire childhood, my family birthday party was always dedicated to decorating gingerbread houses. Yay, December birthdays! However, our houses are never consumed. The first time we did it, it was an absolute disaster, and none of the houses managed to stay out together with frosting. (laughs) We have since hot glued them together, (laughs) and often we decorate them, at least partly, with old candy or other non-edible foodstuff. My peak house occurred about seven years ago with a creation I entitled A S'mores Wonderland. And while most of my memories of gingerbread have very little to do with actually consuming it, some of my best memories surround gingerbread. It's my favorite, most long-lasting tradition. Oh, And she sent us a picture of S'mores Wonderland and it looked lovely. It was wondrous indeed. It was very wondrous. I am so determined to build gingerbread houses
0: we can we can do it.
1: We're going to do it
0: ish. we can maybe maybe we can we'll try.
1: <laughs> we'll give it a old <laughs> college effort, as they say.
0: i'm not I'm not an engineer. Uh, <laughs> Kelly wrote. Your vending machine episode made me remember my days in elementary school. I went to a small school that was K through 12. We didn't have a cafeteria, so they would set up tables in the auditorium. And we didn't have a lunch lady. We had a short row of vending machines. I believe there was one for soup, one for milk, and one for various snacks. I never used them. I ate a PB&J every day, plus a fruit roll-up or Dunkaroo. Yep, I'm a 90s kid. There was a woman named Dottie who stood near the machines with a bag of quarters for kids who needed change. We eventually merged with a bigger school and constructed a cafeteria. Ah, nostalgia.
1: <laughs> so many of you wrote in and said that you didn't have um, lunch ladies. You had vending machines, and the vending machines never worked, so they had to hire somebody who was essentially a lunch lady to, and would just have money. Like, you'd pay her or him. And
0: They would, like, obtain the food from from the machine for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Tw-
0: twisted webs we weave. Twisted webs we weave.
1: It's true. Till the, the vending machines come to life and become our overlords. Stephen King predicted it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now for our fictional trivia
0: answers. Yes. Ooh, ah. All
1: right. Number one was Willy Wonka
0: or Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Whichever. hmm Number two was Green Eggs and Ham.
1: Number three was South Park. Four was Scooby Snacks. Five was SpongeBob SquarePants. Six was the Teletubbies. Seven was the
0: Simpsons. Eight
1: was Stone Soup. Nine was Calvin and
0: Hobbes. Ten, I Love Lucy. Eleven was 30 Rock. And twelve was Pulp
1: Fiction. And for the tiebreakers, one was A Clockwork Orange. Two was Arrested Development. And three... Was Ghostbusters. <sighs> so, if you didn't cheat, <laughs> um, congratulations to however, however many points you got. Special congratulations to Team Hyrule, Team of One, Zelda, um, who sent us her, she emailed us her answers, and she got a pretty good score. Heck yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm going to guess a lot of you probably got a pretty good score. But... Uh, We have no way of judging you otherwise. Absolutely not. So if you would like to email us, you can. Our email is foodstuff at howstuffworks.com.
0: We're also on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at foodstuffhsw. We're also over on Instagram at foodstuff. We hope to hear from you. Thank you, as always, to our super producer, Dylan Fagan. Thank you to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste
4: or mouthwash.
1: Visit Pronamel.com.
4: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do